Welcome back, everybody, to Underdog Podcast Network's MTV Challenge Accepted podcast, talking about the challenges this season, Total Madness. I'm Zandrick Ellison with my co-host, my brother, Dondrick. How are you doing, Dondrick? I'm all right. Uh, we have an interesting challenge, I think, in, in talking about this episode. I yeah, it's going to be dicey. It's episode 11, You Ain't Right. Um, known, I guess, as the D episode, the de-edited episode. Uh, you know, it's it's funny coming into this week, you know, D had her, you know, public stuff and, and her tweets. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, you know what, like for the show, our show, let's not talk about it. I don't think it's going to be a big part of the issue. The episode turns out it was very much a part of the episode. It was the whole episode. Yeah. In, in its absence. And I wrote down, I thought I was so clever, Dondrick, honestly. I was watching the episode and it felt, you know, it was moving quickly and, and it was like, you know, they got to purgatory, like the 40 minute mark. I'm like, this seems odd because my DVR said it was going to be an hour and a half. And then it ended in an hour and I wrote down, I'm like, my conspiracy theory, like unfounded. I'm like, I think they edited out a lot of D. It seems like, and then it turns out that's exactly what happened. And people, you know, who watch different versions around the country, around the world, they cut out, I guess, half an hour of D storylines because the result of that. Wait, I didn't hear that part. So they, I knew, I watched it and I didn't even pick up that it was a half hour shorter. And I knew it, it seemed strange. The whole episode seemed strange because it seemed like there's a moment like when they're at the bar, when they're talking about nominations and it was like Melissa talking about who they want to nominate. And then just like Johnny and like they just didn't say anything like right. it's like there was like gaps in conversations and stuff but i so you're saying that they aired I, I, actually according to reddit edited, yeah i thought you knew this according to reddit i try not to read the spoilers but it, it didn't feel like a spoiler somebody mentioned that in the uk they showed the whole episode hour and a half a lot more about d and rogan um and sort of yeah. rogan's plan to throw her under the bus um and I guess MTV in the U.S. like panicked and like Edward Scissorhand the thing, so it wouldn't no, focus I too much. No, I knew that it. they they edited it, but I didn't know that there was actually people saw the viewing public actually saw the unedited. Right, I think so. According to that post, that it exists, and how could it not? Because this just happened a few days prior. You know, they had to yeah. do it really quickly. No wonder it was kind of clunky. Um. So let's get into that decision and the actual episode itself. So we start with this MTV, you know, five second little flashing thing saying that they fired her from, you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, and not inviting her back more appropriately. Um, and they strongly condemn systemic racism. Good for you, MTV. Um, what, what do you think? I guess it's hard to avoid like making it the whole topic, but what do you think of how they handled this whole situation? Well, I have, it's, it's hard to, for me to wrap my head around it. I, I think that it we're two white guys that are going to be talking about this. And I don't think that we have the perspective to like do it justice, but just my honest uh, opinion in terms of just genuinely what my reaction was is I guess can, it makes sense that they would tie, cut ties with her, right? I think right. that makes sense. It was it was a very insensitive tweet, extremely tone deaf, and you know, right. I think some people would take offense with it. And I, they also said in that placard they showed that they would. But, but do you show, think? Do you think? Sorry to cut you off. Do you think the tweet was again two white guys? <laughs> 
But do you think the tweet was racist or just sort of tone deaf? I think a tone deaf is more appropriate. Like, I think D thinks she's funnier than she is. She was trying to make a joke. It was just like, you know, <laughs> felt like a lead balloon and it had like a accidentally racist. I don't think she was, um, you know, promoting a cause or coming out against certain things. Um, well, hard to say. I think on face value to me, it doesn't seem, uh, what's the word? Like outwardly terribly racist. It's more of like, oh, an off-color joke that maybe if she were to tweet it six months ago, wouldn't have. Right. Well, that's what I mean. However, I I think the deeper issue is that I think the other perspective I saw people retweeting is that it's like it's promoting this uh, more indirect or kind of covert sort of racism where you're microaggression. You know what? Uh, But I'll I'll be a little stronger because look. It, I, I, well, flash forward to like stock up, stock down. Like, I think MTV handled it poorly. Um, and they came out strongly against systemic racism, obviously. You know, that's, that's good. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But, you know, but I think it was sort of, I would consider it, um, corporate cowardice. And what I mean by, I mean by that is it's a lot easier for them to be like, I don't want to deal with the backlash. We're not really that attached to this D. I don't want to boycott. I don't want bad headlines. Let's just cut her off um, and distance ourselves. It's the easy decision financially. Is it like the right decision? Is it actually a good way to combat racism? Is it a good way to combat, as you said, just sort of like accidental or you know tone deaf racism? I don't think so. I, I think they actually had an opportunity that they missed um to like sort of make it like a teaching moment you know like to the idea that they would d would make this mistake admittedly she came out and apologized she's getting a ton of hate for it vilified you'd like to think that somebody who makes a mistake like that would learn a lesson and try to improve themselves um and be given the opportunity to do that you know maybe in the long run maybe not next season we don't need to see her but maybe in the long run And maybe you could even have, instead of cutting to a half hour of ridiculousness with, you know, Rob and (laughs) old clips, you could have her on the show talking about it. Like, to me, that would be more of a productive um, conversation rather than the simple out of, you're canceled, I don't want to hear you anymore. Um, Okay. Uh, Yeah, I I think, well, I don't blame MTV for not doing that because they're they're a corporation. They're going to cover their ass, right? Right. I don't, I don't think it's their responsibility to invest in D's kind of redemption arc here. But I think that, I don't know if I like, think about survivor last right. season, if people aren't right. familiar. With and and who, you know, like this very much like survivor. If you didn't, if you never watched survivor, there was a guy, was his name, Dan. Yeah. He was like a talent agent in LA and he was like touchy feely with the girls. And it was right on the heels of like the me too movement. Um, and they actually pulled him from the show. Like the producers went into the show and he wasn't eliminated. Like we're taking you out because we've had complaints against you. And they made it this whole thing about the me too movement. And this is really bad timing for D to make a racially insensitive comment. Um, in contrast to others we've seen in the past, you know, I mean, we've seen, remember we talked about, um, 
was it Tori? No, what's her name? Like kind of the girl who was bashing Anissa for being half black. Oh, it wasn't Tori. Tricelle. And then the other girl too, with the husky voice. I forgot her name. Which one? Um, Maddie? No, no. <laughs> Maddie has the same voice. Same smoker's voice. Um, I'll, I'll look up her name later. But Or, you know, Emily, who we all liked as a competitor. Remember her blackface? Remember she put on like chocolate and she was... Oh, yes. Very and she was talking to Ty. Yeah. And and she felt bad about that. They had a conversation about it. I, I thought that, that was... was the real world season, right? On the DC season. Yeah. And, I, and they used to date too, I think. So it was an extra yeah. added element. I thought well, those... That was a big theme of real world in its earlier seasons. They'd have someone who was more sheltered, like right. Mormon Julie or someone to come and have to learn that, yes, black people are people too, right? Uh, and that was sort of... Well, and I'll go even a step further than that. Like, if you go all the way back in the real world, um, Pedro, who had HIV, I guess. I don't know if he had full AIDS yet, but that was like a watershed moment. Like, a lot of people didn't know gay people aside from watching Pedro on, you know, real world, and then they learn about it. And I, I think the teaching, How the is learning... How is related to that, though? I don't understand. Well, my point is... I don't think Puck was sensitive to Pedro or whatever. I but like you you make a mistake, you learn from it. Emily, I think, made a mistake and learned from it. Um the idea that D made a mistake, snap her off the planet like Thanos, like I don't think is the right approach to any of this. Um I don't like cancel culture in general to me. <laughs> um you would rather they keep her there and have a discussion discussion about it as well, opposed to sort of like trying to edit it out or hide it yes of. exactly it's like because this happens and i think a lot of people and also if your goal is from a political perspective your goal is to fight systemic racism everyone's kind of on the same page with that honestly i mean everyone who watches the challenge probably is younger generation we're all on the same boat yeah, I don't know if everyone, you can't say uh, Well, yeah, you're, you're right. Maybe not everybody. But the, even racists don't think they're racist, right? Like, there's no racist out there saying I'm openly racist. Very few, I would guess. Um, I would justify it in some way. Anyway, yeah, but so, my point is, like, so if somebody makes a comment that they don't realize is racist or they make a comment that they don't realize is homophobic or transphobic or whatever you don't appreciate, rather than vilifying them, I would try to like teach. I mean, I think when you vilify people, it backs them into a corner and makes them defensive and makes them less likely to support your cause. I think in general, big picture, so on a soapbox, I think liberals, which I am, do a very bad job of activism because they, um, you know, condescend people and vilify people who disagree with them. And it makes those people back into a corner and like vote for Trump because they're angry and they feel like they're being, you know, pushed aside. Um, when in fact, those people could actually learn a lesson and, and be on the same page as everyone else if they were, you know, extended a hand. I think maybe that's just me thinking people don't want to be racist. People don't want to be homophobic. Yeah. Well, and I think we're getting pretty deep in this. But it's also a perspective that's one of great privilege, too, that you've experienced as being a white guy. In that you, if you're a black person who, let's say, has suffered kind of indirect, direct, micro, macro racism their whole life, you're saying, fight racism in a way that's going to make the opposition comfortable. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, that, that you might be right about that. I mean, maybe it's a coming from a place of privilege, but I'm just telling you from a place of effective politics, because I'm interested in politics too. And, and there's a way to talk about this stuff um, 
that doesn't alienate people. And if you want, you know, to win elections, I mean, if you want to have reform, there, yeah. there's certain things yeah. that are actually more practical to do. From a pragmatic, and then, but I think that some of this, this is always our debates. Is you're very, you're like the Spock person. <laughs> well, no, more- I, mean, I think I'm more contrarian because, like, I'll tell you something. Like, if if D tweeted to me, not to me, you know, tweeted. In my opinion, if D tweeted something openly racist, saying, "I want Donald Trump to get these minorities in line; they're out of control." I don't think she should be condemned and shot in the head and exiled to Siberia. Um, I would just disagree with her and hope that your viewpoints are stronger than hers. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I agree. It, listen, in a vacuum, I agree. There's sort of like this idea, what is it? Like the market of, the free market of ideas, the ones that are best. We meritocracy of ideas. Yeah, we've, we've abandoned that. Um, however, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone who's, kind of on the other side of this, who is black or is a person of color. And it's like, listen, throughout history, we tried everything to get this stuff to go away. We've tried civil disobedience, peaceful, like nothing seems to be working. So, uh, you know, we're forget the political aspect. We don't even care about that right now, Um, which I can understand too, right? Yeah. I, well, and it ties with me too, because it's like there is that argument too, where it's like a zero tolerance policy, where it's not about D. D is a lost cause at this point. It's not about Aziz Ansari. It's you're done. It's just sort of teaching everyone else to to never do it, or else you will be banished as well. There's an argument for that. It's just sort of to me, um, not the most humane way to treat people who made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a if we are going to come to an answer right now on the challenge podcast, but uh, I would agree that I would think pragmatically you're right. If you're looking for that sort of sanction change, but there's something to be said about kind of, well, let's get back to just what MTV did, because right. I think that there was another thing on the placard, which they said is that we're going to air the rest of the season unaltered. Right. That was in that something. Along right. Right. Out of respect to the competitors, we're going to. Which turned out to be a lie. Right. This turned out. And this is actually. What well, they... I think they sing to, to continue on with the season. Uh, okay. I, I, I have a hard, I mean, look, white guy privileged, et cetera. I have a hard time. I can't imagine there's any fans out there. Write to me at Zandra Kellison at Gmail if you disagree that are so offended by these comments, these specific comments that they think MTV should have pulled the plug on the entire show and never aired an episode again. I find that hard to believe that that person exists, but if they do, you know, to my point, I'm happy to hear opposing viewpoints about that. Or if you're thinking about the fans of the show, which are the ones that are watching it by definition, who, who is this a, a popular choice even among those who are very much affected by her tweet, right? It would well, I, I think it shows a lot of this is overthinking it again. It shows a lot a lack of faith in the audience that they can't handle that this discussions, the discomfort. And to me, it, in general, the idea of cancel culture and like, I disagree with you, you shouldn't be allowed to say what you're saying. Um, that's my counter argument to me shows like an intellectual insecurity. Like I can't argue against you. I don't feel confident enough in my viewpoints to explain why I'm right. So you're just not allowed to talk. That's the way I win this argument. I think that is intellectually um, the wrong approach. 
but um well, that's a very um ungenerous interpretation of that you're probably right but i don't think painting in these broad strokes with statements like that i think you're not going to hit the nuance of getting it completely right i think that there's that and there's also probably just anger and frustration and uh that we can't relate to perhaps but did you see did you see also Corey's girlfriend that we talked about last episode yeah what about her <laughs> she got canceled too um what did she do she i guess she's on team mom i don't know again we don't know how she's on team mom <laughs> but she's on Teen Mom. And she also had racist. She, hers, I thought, were more explicitly racist. Yeah, I forgot what it was, but it was like, black people scare me or something. It was like clearly racist. Yeah. Um, I think her comment was she used to work as like a greeter at Abercrombie or something, and she wouldn't Did greet the black people. The during the Black Lives Matter? No, no, this is, you know, old tweets, old tweets. Um, but she okay. said- well, There's I, no good time for that tweet, yeah. No, that that's just to me like- even still, like I, and they pulled her show. I think they're not going to air Teen Mom, OG, you know, twenty-five-year-old Teen Mom. Um, you know, no great loss there. And again, like no great loss with D. I never liked D. I think she was annoying, but I would defend her right to be annoying and insensitive. Um, it it felt it made for a weird episode <laughs> in terms of just weird episode. And I will say this completely without my. Uh, kind of social justice hat on or anything like that. As someone who very selfishly, admittedly, wants to be entertained by this show, I'm worried about the rest of the season now. Do you think they're going to, because, you know, spoiler alert, D's still around, so what are you going to do? And this had the potential, and again, the disclaimers, this is, like, if this, I have a hard time thinking that D's presence is, really hurting anyone even if she was was on unedited but this had the potential to be a very entertaining episode I absolutely absolutely and it, and it was a d it should have been decentric um let's get into it a little bit because i mean we, we should run through the actual episode too um i wrote down my notes and at the time i didn't realize it was a terrible episode by the way it was yeah. a terrible episode it, none of it was entertaining like there was Half of it was spent on this. Okay, you get into it. I'm yeah. Little... Okay. So after Wes is you know major elimination, Johnny Bananas versus Wes. Um, it's the ladies' turn, and then they're debating whether they want to go in or not. We've seen this before, and Maddie right away says she's gonna gonna break or she wants a red skull. This place is going to drive me up a wall. You know, she was getting talking herself into going in. And Nani, to her credit, I've been so critical of Nani. Finally, said I need to aim to win. Um, you know, so she wanted to go in originally. It was change of pace for her. Um, and so then uh, Melissa had a talking head originally, you know, first time we've seen her in a while. And then we get this daily, it's called Flag Down Challenge. I'm not sure what it's called. You know, they could have come up with a better name because they, they were riding, what were they riding, a tank? They were strapped to a tank. Strapped to a tank, grabbing colored flags, blowing up, you know, different colored smoke, red smoke, green smoke, TJ's cousin. I think this challenge to me, I coined a phrase I'm very happy with, is this, you had to be there challenge. That's most of it. I think this is the epitome of that. It would have been much more fun if you were there and you saw the tank in person. Like to us as viewers who are watching action movies and things on our TV all the time, it's like, the tank kind of looks like it's kind of slow moving. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, it wasn't I that. I think it's, a, it's so funny. You know, again, my wife 
watches in and out, you know, barely watches, but she's like, is that a tank? And it's just like, where did they get that tank? And there's probably some army somewhere that's like, you know, being invaded and like, oh man, we loaned our tank to this reality <laughs> show. Um, in general, that made me, I wrote down like, who even uses tanks anymore? You know, I don't know about, it's like war is not really like tank based anymore, is it? I think they still have tanks, right? You still think they have tanks? I think tanks are pretty, pretty hard to beat. Right. I guess unless you. Assume yeah. But it's against like terrorists or isolated cells. It's not like you're going to drive a tank around. Are you? Well, I think we need to try it if we haven't. I think that, uh, I think tanks are now like $5 billion reality show props. That's their use. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, there was sort of like a red flag, no pun intended. Um, when Rogan really wanted to, he was helping Kyle fill up his bag with the purpose of helping Kyle win the tribunal and then he would take him in with him. So Rogan really wanted to get on the tribunal. This is, you know, maybe I'm trying to figure this out, but my question to the whole season is why do the guys care and vice versa when it's not their elimination? But I think maybe you're saying is is, you're alluding to the fact that they had this scheme to get right. Yes. And that we didn't see the first half of, but especially Rogan clearly wanted to be a part of it. That would have made the whole time I'm thinking, like, what, why even put in the effort to devise that? Like, it doesn't matter to you. (laughs) No, not at all. It it was very much like a made for TV moment. Um, But the winners of this, you know, kind of confusing challenge in terms of it was hard to follow who was doing well. Um, Surprising Josh and surprising winner Melissa, because a lot of them got DQ'd. Did you agree with that decision to DQ the people who were helping each other? Not really. Because I don't think they, unless we, they didn't show it or I didn't catch it, they didn't really make that explicit that that was a good Right, them. and the fact that so many people were helping each other makes you think that they didn't mention it. Um, so <laughs> that didn't make sense. We've seen a lot of collusion and challenges and things. There's certainly a precedent for it. Yeah, I mean, they need to, I think they're smart to kind of nip that in the bud, though, in the sense that the way these tribunals are, are you know, you just want to be the top competitor so you should have two or three people team up to help one person win so they need to stop that but they need to tell the challengers that too um before the challenge and then oddly to me like i didn't quite understand this so josh and melissa win who's going to be the third johnny just volunteers i'll be the third and then they pick johnny so knowing what we know now what do you think was yeah, the thought that didn't process make sense either at the time wait so help me make sense of it what why did was they that? said josh said it was to help nani and like give her a favorable tribunal because they're both friends with Nani. And that kind of makes sense. I guess. But why not just have Nani in the tribunal? That's a, that's a great point. Maybe because she wanted to go, <laughs> maybe she wanted to go up against Melissa. That, that could be. Um, so nominations. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, nominations, the house vote, Maddie immediately volunteers. I couldn't tell if she really wanted to or she felt she even said she was backed into a corner and felt like she yeah. had to out of pride. I'm glad you bring this up because last week I was very complimentary of Johnny being the house vote and jumping and being gung-ho about it. Maddie was uh, very kind of waffled. Yeah. Very tepid and like, I don't even really want to, but I know. like she did not have the tiger by any means. I felt it was a little it, like it Tori actually remember Tori volunteered, but Tory deal and and then kind of had gold feet about it afterwards um so it was yeah. a little weird okay so then we get to the night out 
they were like in this weird empty bar with Nelly music playing. I wrote down <laughs> very timely, <laughs> you know, their MTV is really capturing the moment. Um, and uh, Nani, again, a lot of focus on Nani. She says she's bugging. She's done nine seasons, only made one final. She wants to get in the final. Um, maybe jump ahead. Do you think, you know, they kind of talked Nani out of volunteering or, Did you they? know, well, sort of in the tribunal the next day, you know, they, they interview Bailey, who said she's okay. I thought Bailey did a good job. She said, I'm okay going in if that's what it is, right? Like, I get it. I'm ready well, for it. I think, I don't know what any of these girls are doing that are not the Red Skull girls. Maddie You're saying like the, the Bailey types? And Bailey. Like, what are any of them doing? I guess Maddie, okay, she nominated herself to go in. Right. That makes sense, we'll though. Try. I mean, you know. No, it makes sense, but she's like hemming and hawing and like kind of is not giving she didn't convince me that she was doing it for the right reasons like i don't even know what she was thinking and then the other ones are sort of balking at the chance of going in right because they must well, be sort of i like the options they interviewed yeah. there weren't that many because there's not that many people who don't have red skulls so they say bailey and nani because nani might want to go in although that's what i was talking about so in the tribunal bananas warned her don't be a wes you know, don't go up against Maddie because she's probably going to beat you. Like, this is not your moment. Well, I don't think Nani, yes, I remember that. But Nani did not need much convincing, I feel, to not go in. Right. I could tell she was not going to go in. <laughs> and Bailey, I'm looking for the person um, going to the interrogation and saying, I want to go in, please. But against don't. Maddie, I mean, people, Maddie's maybe a, a paper tiger, but she, they do seem scared of her just because she's big, I guess. But what, there's maybe one more elimination after this? Like, what are you gonna, what are you, what are you waiting for? Um, I agree. I, I think I, I, to be honest though, I would have, I would wait. Cause I think if you're Nani, let's talk about Nani. I think you think Melissa's more beatable, Bailey's more beatable. Um, I think there's gonna be one more at least. Um, Cause there's only four people out of eight. Mm -hmm. They're not going to send eight, four P girls home without red skulls. I just don't see that. I, I don't think they would mind cutting the weight of these. But there's four guys. Things. Yeah, maybe. And, and then I think that the problem with that is like, yes, you'll have a more beatable matchup potentially, but there's also less spots to get in to have the opportunity. Right. That's true. And, and look, you're going to have, if you want to win the show, you're going to have to, to win. You know, you can't, you can't play, you can't win without playing the game. So at that, to that point, like it would suck to like get that far and be like, you didn't get a red skull and go home. Yeah. I mean, what's the, I, I just disagree. I think that their worst case scenarios, you leave maybe a few days earlier than you would have left. And, and Nani was right when she said, you don't want to have the ignominious distinction of being there and have to leave without having done. And like TJ's like, sorry, you were too chicken. You have to leave. Right. Yeah, you're right. And then even going from a, to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to one. I think it's going to happen to one or two people though. Um, and and like from a practical, like you know, point these people all want camera time. At least if you go in, you're getting camera time. You're going to have a seat, you know, an episode based on you. Yeah. Like, what are they afraid of? Like, they just want to be around the bunker for longer. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, I think they cling to their TV time without realizing that if you're just in the background, like Kyle or something, like you're not getting that much TV time. You're just kind of like an afterthought. Yeah. Um, and so the big thing was T D. So originally Melissa really didn't want D to even be a, a contender for the tribunal to the point where, you know, bananas 
you know, sneaky, sneaky, even Pinky promised her that she wouldn't actually go in. Mm-hmm. And Josh said the same thing. He, he agreed that he would not say D's, D's name. But he didn't, um, right? Here's my question. So when D went into the tribunal, she was heated. She was upset with Josh and vocalized it. Um, and they got into it a tip. Some of that too. When yeah, we, like my question is, because Josh, Josh like teary eyed after he was kind of his eyes yeah. were swollen. I feel like well, we that that was gonna be my question. Did Josh bring in D with the intention that he was always gonna throw her in, or did did that confrontation put him over the top? I think it was probably the latter. It just it's hard to say because they cut it because you're I, all this is coming together for me now. Right. Because they showed it's it like, like usual he suspects. In, he came in and just like sat there with a stank face on for a bit. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm mad at Josh. And then it ended. Um, and then Josh was red eyed, like swollen eyed. So we must have missed a lot there. And yeah. Josh is the type of guy I think that would affect him. Yeah, he does wear his emotions on his sleeve. You know, and so we go to the purgatory with at the 40, I wrote it down, 41 minute mark. And at the time, again, I didn't know it was only an hour. So <laughs> I thought. This would be the epic. No, I thought the opposite. I actually wrote down conspiracy theory. Are they devaluing the female episodes and just trying to get through it and then get to the guys? Because they think that's more exciting. Good read on it because there was nothing happening in the episode really to that point. Right. It felt like they were just like burning through it um, because they don't think, you know, Maddie versus whoever D is going to be that important. Um, So in terms of the vote, Melissa votes Bailey. I thought Melissa came across well and loyal, if not maybe naive, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm old school, but a pinky promise to me means something. It does mean something. And at that point, as an audience member, and maybe as Melissa mirroring this, is like, what motivation do they have to vote yeah. in? Why can't? Why, why, like, I don't it? like D. I hope D doesn't win. Do I, do I care to throw D in? It doesn't affect my life one way or the other. It just didn't never made sense as the audience. Like, why are they trying to get D in? I know that Jenny was upset with D. Right. They- I think it was partly to, to Jenny. I think it was mostly to have like a villainous TV moment, honestly. Because to that point, bananas, it's your turn to vote. Does he vote for D? No. He says, Rogan, can I have your blessing to throw D in? And Which then we have we have out of the blue completely. Totally unnecessary. Rogan unnecessarily says yes. (laughs) Which was, would have been an amazing, it was still a great moment in terms of entertainment, right? But we didn't even see enough of her reaction though to really milk that moment. It wasn't like like a betrayal. It was just like weird. I just feel like that could have been like a moment of the season sort of thing. Right. right? A moment of a few seasons because they've been going back and forth for so long. I mean, loyal Rogan, as you call him, yeah, I, well, I think it was, you know, it was WWE Rogan. You know, it was like Hollywood Hulk Hogan Rogan because he's like, he that really was. wanted to make like a, you know, his own, you know, Johnny Bananas betraying Sarah moment, I think. I, and that was crazy. And it was still good, even without all the background that must have gone into it. You know, what But I mean? like it's what we were talking about before, that wasn't the deciding vote. The deciding vote was Josh. And he, still, yeah. he still put D in. I, and I think that Josh was genuine and like kind of struggling. Like, I don't think he went in thinking for sure I'm voting D. Like, I think he was shocked by bananas voting for D. And then that he was like, oh, bananas did it. Maybe I should do it. But he had, pro- even after that emotional confrontation in the tribunal, he had promised 
Melissa that he would not say D's name. Yeah, and I think he meant that at the time. I mean, so you think he's that? I think he's in on it to some degree. I think he's in on the conspiracy to some degree. I thought he was just so taken in the moment by the big uh, flying elbow by Rogan. <laughs> and Melissa was definitely surprised. She says, "You're snakes. Don't speak to me in the house again." Um. So then we get to this sort of anticlimactic. Really, sorry, we yeah. really, you're right. We did not get enough of Dee's reaction to that. Not much of D at all on this episode. Which again I'm, makes sense. They must have edited it, right? Yeah, they must have edited it heavily. Like all they did was like she did this face, like this stare, evil eyes face, but she didn't. Yeah, she seemed on the verge of crying at every moment and the few moments they showed her. And there was so much more that we missed, probably. We didn't get D saying many words. Right. <laughs> it's great editing. And so um, <laughs> it's like, how do you cancel somebody and still focus on them in an episode of? Yeah, I mean, this TV. was the most focused episode on her, probably. Or it's ridiculous. It's like if it's like we're watching the NBA. It's like Clippers, Lakers, and it's like let's watch the game, show the game, but don't show Kawhi Leonard. Like, can you do that? Like, no. yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be hard. Um, and so it's Maddie versus D. Actually, a good matchup, right? Like, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, and I thought that the elimination was kind of a, a great one too. It was, it was called was, Tunnel Vision, and they they kind of scurry through this tunnel, right? And that was sort of freaky to me. Like that would have been, you're in this tight box with sand to burrow through. I thought that was kind of a cool elimination. Yeah, it wasn't super physical, but it was cool. Um, Maddie was emotional because she gets claustrophobic apparently. I liked, I wrote down her strategy. Do you know what Maddie's strategy was? What was her strategy? She said at the beginning, she's like, my strategy, I'm uh, move this hand, move this hand. It's like, all right. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> You're not gonna I get think it was notes. a physical elimination. You didn't think that was physical? I guess so. To... But then it kind of bit her because hey, they said she's too big to kind of maneuver and she kind of got stuck a little bit. Yeah. Uh, how big is Maddie? That's a, you know, she, we talk about her being tall at the time. Do you think she's like six feet tall? How tall is she? I don't know. She's known for her size, her, her height. And there's this weird cliffhanger where they're like, is D dead? Or something? Yeah. <laughs> Stop moving. Um, it turned out to be a false you, lead. Yeah, what would have happened to her? Yeah, that would have been a liability issue. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Very anti-climatic. They come back from commercial break. Oh, she's fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Rogan called her an angry little hamster. That was a good line. Getting through and D wins. And look, I don't know if that's an upset, but it was a 50-50. That's her second win. And... Um, and it went against our theory that she was not mentally prepared beforehand. She got right. blindfolded. Totally. I, I think we both agree is a big handicap. So she even won in the face of that. Right. Cause you would think that your quasi boyfriend just threw you in publicly, like humiliated you publicly to, for camera time. And, and then you, you would be thinking about that. Maybe that motivated her. I don't know. Um, she was an angry little hamster, but you know, regardless of what you think of D racist, whatever should be canceled it took away her sort of triumph here because this would have been a big win for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's had a very strong season competitively. Right. And with Tori gone and now Maddie gone, you'd say she's top three clearly. I mean, and I think the returning champ too, right? She's yeah. I think Jenny and then Casey's really jumped up. So Casey looks, looks better than D, but D's a threat. You never know. I mean, if the so final is like a I'm puzzle worried. or something. This is what I said at sort of the beginning of our episodes, like, 
and entertainment wise, like how are they going to handle this? Cause D is still there and we know she's going to make the final probably. Right. I mean, and she's very vocal. Like she's been a big part of the episodes thus far. Um, what are they, are they going to, are we going to have these hack job episodes every week? I mean, maybe not on the guys eliminations. So much. I know that, that would feel really weird if they do 90 minutes for the guys and 60 minutes for the girls every week. But how are they going to handle this? We're not going to see D say a word again. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, I, and also like, I don't, I don't even get like how that helps the situation either. I mean, yeah, it's sort of like the Streisand effect in a way. Like, does this, like, I can imagine it's very likely you would be someone who watches this and have no, and be like blindsided by the title screen, which is like, what did D do? I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. And then you're now going to go look it up and, uh, and it was, jar- it was jarring in the same way that the survivor thing was kind of jarring. And, and it was like said in the same way, like when I say they, they kicked out that guy, they didn't do it on the show. They just like flashed a card and like, he's gone. Yeah. That was a bit different because they did it at the time of filming. So he was not, they didn't have the editing. Problem. Right. They didn't have to edit him out of episodes. Um, however, I just like, I'm confused a bit about how this is, and I'm worried how it's going to affect the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a, you know, this is- Now that we're talking about it, I'm coming more to your side. This seems like a very reactionary- Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, and it, it, it's really so- this through. And I, it's so easy to- Browsing the internet, most people seemed, I didn't, I didn't see one, obviously, maybe it's a selection bias for the people commenting on the internet, but there, uh, no one seemed happy with this. Of yeah, the audience that watches the show. Well, and I think no one going into this episode liked D. I mean, not no one liked D, but no one wanted to defend D going into this episode. Like, you Based know. on this issue. Of the, right. Like, no one's on her side in terms of her comments or saying that they're, like, okay or whatever. Um, I just think the handling of it was very poor. Um, maybe, okay, maybe they're thinking, MTV, getting inside MTV's head. Maybe they're thinking, okay, we have this episode which is very decentric, where she's sort of victim in the episode. That's true. That could be true. Maybe just this week we're trying to mute that story, and, and because it would look bad in the wake of this just happening a few days prior, in terms of her tweet and the fallout from that. Right, because like theoretically, like Rogan was the bad guy in this episode yeah. for betraying her. Yeah, in a vacuum for sure. D was the more sympathetic person as a you know rogan was more the the heel right and i'd also be curious are they still hooking up or not i I, they haven't shown that but it's hard not to if you've been like hooking up with somebody for a season then you're back at like summer camp with them and and, you know you're both single right rogan said that last episode or something he wants her gone because he's she's blocking him i'm sure he's thrilled he's probably the one who started an mtv campaign to get rid of her don't you think (laughs) this is his long con (laughs) to get rid of this like annoying ex-girlfriend um, that's funny uh, <laughs> he's been like burner accounts oh D's horrible <laughs> get rid of an actor account and it was yeah. the real one um, okay so you know usually we do stock up stock down I could I had a hard time thinking of a stock up just because it was such a yeah I, job episode. I mean I would hate to say it if it was again without the issue of the tweet it would have been D probably for winning the elimination right um for- what about? I mean, let me give you some options. Without her edit being included. Well, what about Maddie? 
because she volunteered kind of. Well, she, I mean, she did. And then she. No, 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 no. no. Is it stock up? Oh, I'm just saying it's stock up or down. It's sort of like a mixed bag. Well, I had a lot of stock downs. I had a lot of stock downs too, but I'm saying where does Maddie fit in? Because she threw herself in. No, she's a stock down unequivocally. She's a stock down because she went in like she might have just, she should have just eliminated herself from the beginning. She didn't go in wanting to really with the intent that she needed to win. She was like, I guess I have to. Like, what kind of attitude is that? <laughs> yeah, she said I'm backed into a corner of her own making, apparently. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't want to go in, then fine. Like, if you're going to go Nani, go full Nani and don't go in and, like, expect it to be handed. But, like, you know, this is why I didn't give a stock down to Tori when Tori went in, kind of backed out and lost. It's like, you would be ambivalent about go- volunteering to go in. You know, not everyone's as gung-ho as Johnny. So I, well, I get you it. you need to be. You need to be. But I also like, for her perspective, that girls did seem scared of her. I think that's good for her general stock. Although maybe she lost, maybe that, that goes away. But it did yeah, seem like she would intimidated people. I think that Maddie deserves a stock down because I don't think we've given her a stock down officially this season. And her stock has definitely gone down this season. Over the course of the season. Yes. Right? I mean, like a lot of people wanted her to be Laurel and, and she's not. Yeah, I thought that she was, I had, she had this aura about her. I think they'd like talked a big game about her last, when she was paired with Kyle, her first season. Right, like rookie of the year kind of stuff. He was like the foil again to Car Maria and Polly. But then it's like, without that, similar to Kyle, like she's a big nothing. She has a funny, you, you do her voice. I mean, she does have a funny voice. She has a funny persona. I don't mind her on the show. She's, she just hasn't had a lot of storylines. No, she's been invisible. Well, speaking of funny voices and, and not much storylines, Melissa, would you say stock up or stock down? Because she she won and then stayed loyal to her friend, but also got duped pretty badly. No, I'm so giving you... stock downs to the knucklehead girls, I'm calling them. All the girls that don't have red skulls are stock downs. I don't know what they're doing. Melissa, I'm sorry, you don't want to go against Maddie. You need to go in. You need to go in. So that includes Nani, that includes... Um, Melissa, Maddie, I'm still including, Nani, and Bailey. But Bailey wasn't opposed to it. Bailey, yeah, she wasn't campaigning for it. She needs yeah, see, I'm trying in. to find a stock up because I would maybe say Bailey just because she was pretty level-headed about the whole thing. It was almost like Corey last week where she's like, look, if it's me, no, I'm fine with it. It wasn't like Corey because Corey said, I want to go in. Bailey That's said, true. I'll be fine with it, I guess, if you back me into a corner. Like... It, they're these none of them are gonna win none of them matter <laughs> it's a tough it's a tough field though with casey and jenny i mean that's like a stacked female group even even nani said i want to make the final it wasn't i want to win <laughs> but nani had the line of the episode i don't know if you caught it <laughs> the athletes where, <laughs> yeah where they were all working out before the elimination nani's like drinking a, a glass Coffee. of wine <laughs> in her gravelly voice she probably smoked a pack of cigarettes and goes Look at all these athletes, <laughs> like <laughs> the riding sort of way. Yeah, I read that down too. Um, it is tough. It's tough to beat Jenny. It's tough to beat Casey. And But the fact that Nani wants to compete in a final shows you where her head's at. She's just trying to survive. So it's really hard to find a stock up. Stock down. I have a long list, but who would you pick? I'm told, I told you, all four of them. Oh, that, those are all your stock down, the knucklehead yeah. girls. I'm grouping them as the one faction. The scared girls. 
the scared girls, the scared knucklehead girls. I, I didn't even write them down. I, cause I think it made sense not to go against Maddie. Um, the one I wrote down was MTV for handling the show so poorly. Um, and I say Rogan, you know, maybe in his defense, we didn't see the editing. Maybe it was different, but it just felt like such a manufactured drama that he really needed to be. Rogan. I love He's Rogan, but Rogan fan ever. I am a Rogan fan, but that's why his stock's down. It's down from 99 to 98 because he really <laughs> needed that moment where he's the one who says I'm throwing D in like, why, why would you need that other than the fact that you want to be a TV villain? Well, it's hard to say. I think it's hard to put, there's a lot of info we don't have for his stock to actually go down. Right. That's true. Um, and it would have been such a good moment though. It but it wasn't even his choice though. Like they tried to pretend like it was his choice, but it wasn't his choice. It was, it was bananas. And then Josh's, yeah, I need Rogan's permission to throw him. <laughs> and that's why he wanted to get on the tribunal so much because he really wanted that moment. And I thought that was just kind of lame. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're seeing it at a deeper level than I am. Um, but I don't so, know if it gets in a stock down. So going forward, we're probably not going to see a lot of... So episode, what would you grade it? Like a D? I mean, it has to be pretty low. D for D? It might. Yeah, I would say so. And then going forward, let's look and focus on the positive because next week's going to be a guy's elimination. Do you think it's going to be, what do you anticipate on the next episode and the future episode? I don't know. Is The question is, is they're going to do this treatment with D being edited out because they've, I'm sure they've already fully edited all the episodes. So they're ready to air and they don't seem like they're putting in the effort to, <laughs> they're now just take deleting, pressing the delete key on scenes that have D in them. Right, um, and then and then I'm sure every competitor on the show is deleting any potential tweets they're going to make. Yeah, I mean that's the other reason I don't like the way they handled it. It just makes people afraid to talk or afraid to say anything that's not guaranteed to be popular or take the company line. I, I think it doesn't promote discussion. Um, like honestly, like if this show was more popular, our show, I don't know if we could talk so openly about it. If this was on ESPN or something, we would probably be scared to talk about it because we would be worried about getting canceled. Well, maybe we will. We might get canceled anyway. But. Yeah. <laughs> but I I don't know. The rest of the season, I'm not so optimistic about. I feel like it, it's a big unknown at this point. Next week, in terms of elimination, I mean, I'm not so excited about this crop of guys that still needs to get their red skulls. Well, so there's four of them. So there's Josh, who I think would want to go in. There's Kyle, who I think is going to talk himself Maddie style into going in. Swaggy, who's just coasting. Um, and Corey. And Corey. And Corey, who wants to go in. So do you think they're going to, the, the better versions, Josh, Kyle, and Corey, are going to go against each other? Or are they going to pick on Swaggy, who seems right now like the worst competitor of the four? And no Wes, which I think was a big, he was uh, helping Swaggy a lot politically. Uh I could see one of them going against Swaggy, whoever is able to maybe win the tribunal. You know, but you know what's interesting is like, I think Johnny and Rogan are in cahoots now, obviously. But I'll tell you, sorry to interrupt, what you should do if I was right. one of them before is what Johnny did. Go in as the house vote. Plan right. and campaign to go in as the house vote. It's the only guaranteed way yeah, at this point, if you're four guys with no skulls, you need to get in now. Like, they're, they're, you're running out of time. 
So don't mess with the tribunal trying to like, just, I mean, yes, you want to get the tribunal if you can, and you're the sole guy on it and can swing it. But otherwise failing that you want to do what Johnny did. Right. But you know, if there's four guys left, if theoretically, if there's two eliminations left, they could do one eat, you know, everyone goes in once and then you don't have that issue. Well, that's not going to happen. We're going to, it might happen. I think that, I think there's probably about two left, but they're not going to organize it amongst themselves. You know, why not? They probably might, but if I'll tell you, this is what I was going to say. Johnny's probably in cahoots with Rogan at this point, but if he wasn't, if Johnny was like cold and calculated, does he want that plan that everyone go in orderly in line or would he engineer, you know, theoretically the best version for Johnny would be an elimination of Rogan versus Fessy. Cause that yeah. way you get rid of a strong person and those four people who don't have red skulls still don't have red skulls. So they might get eliminated that way. Like that's the best way to trim the herd. And I wouldn't put it past Johnny to do that. Yeah. I mean like they, they should be conspiring that way. Like you know, D would have been great if D left uh, good for them. And if D won good for them, like it limits the amount of girls with red skulls in this episode. And the guy should be thinking about that too. Yeah. I, I think that has a good, I think Johnny is sort of is the one that is playing the hardest right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think if he thinks of that, he might do it. I think, yeah, I'm predicting Josh, Kyle, or Corey. I think Swaggy's going to skate out of it and just, and just try to hang in there. Um, so overall, not a great episode. We'll be back next week unless we get canceled. Do you want to say anything controversial at the end just to ensure it? No, thanks. Your knucklehead, you grouped all the girls together as knuckleheads? Did you call all <laughs> well, women knuckleheads? Or just no, these? and I think all the guys that don't have red skulls are scared too, except Corey. Do you want to apologize for calling every woman on earth a knucklehead? No. No, you don't apologize. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's Dodrick, unapologetic. I'm Zandrick Ellison. Um, focus your hate on me if you want to cancel one of the two of us. Cancel me at Zandrick Ellison at Gmail. Um, but we'll be back next week. Thanks, Dodrick. All right. Bye. Number one.